Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whistable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. He's a bit younger than me, quite a bit younger than me actually. Hi Richard, how are you doing mate? Not too bad Tony, thank you. Good, good. Day off, day off today. It's one of them rare, rare jobs. Now I'm back at work from being furloughed. It's a strange world, mate. Yeah. It is a strange <laughs> world. Now you say back at work. Work-wise, you've had a bit of a truncated um, life the last couple of years because you're uh, in the betting industry, aren't you? And uh, you had a bit of a difficult time of it. Yeah, it's, it's more the machines that they have in the shop that they, the government turned down the, um, the £100 maximum to £2 maximum stakes on. So it did affect affected the trade and they ended up, uh, a lot of the bookmakers actually closed quite a few shops down. So there was a lot of job job losses and redundancies. But you're still working, which is good news. Well, I am now. I mean, I was made redundant by William Hill, but uh, luckily Coral stepped in and uh, saw the light and now I'm working for them. So sort of working for the oppo now. Very Not quite your Herm Bay, but um, yeah, you know, it's a job, brings the money in, pays the mortgage. Yeah, that's the way it <laughs> Right, let's take you back to the very first time uh, as an adult that you went to the Belmont um, and to watch a game. And then from then on, how did you get involved with the football club? Well, I'm, I'm trying to work this out. I, I think I went down there in 2005 was my first season. I do believe Matt Toms was still manager at the time. That would have been yeah. just about the time that uh, I, well, that at the end of Matt Toms's tenure is when I took over as chair for a, a couple of years. That would have been right, because I think Matt Toms left after about a couple of games I watched down, and then, and then, I do believe, then Mark Seegers took over, didn't he? Yeah, I rightly, yeah. That's correct, yeah. Mark and Seegers then, um, was, was actually one of Matt Toms's players, because the story behind that is that Matt Toms was uh, previously the manager at Maidstone, and he'd done really well with them because he got them promoted to the Kent League from the Kent County League. And as soon as he got promoted, uh, they decided they dispensed with his services. So uh, we took on Matt as uh, our manager and uh, he had Siegs come there and he had a good start of a good side. And then for whatever reason, Matt decided that uh, things weren't quite right. He left and then, uh, well, the rest is history. We had Siegs in the chair, so it was good. I think we had a, a stage of lots of marks, didn't we? We had Mark Seeger, Mark Mundy, Mark Lane, I think, yeah. If your name was Mark, you're going to get a, get a job at Whitsville Town Manager, weren't you? Yeah, <laughs> certainly was. Well, doesn't matter whether you spelt it with a C or a K. If you're a Mark, you're in the job, yeah. That's it. That's the one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I started going down about 2005. My mum and dad moved down to Whitsville in 2003. And uh, and then, yeah, so basically I started going down with my dad. Before that, I mean, I was a, I was a Wimbledon, Wimbledon supporter. But then when they got moved to Milton Keynes Dons, I decided I, I can't sort of go with the franchise. I sort of dipped my toe with AFC Wimbledon, but too much travelling. And then obviously found out about local football, went down here, took my dad down, and then the rest is history, really. Got, you know, my kids come down as well. There's, I've got a nice picture on my wall upstairs with a picture of me, my dad, and all the kids, all at the, um, the game against Margate in the, uh, the FA Cup match, yeah? That was a good game, that was. That was a good game, yeah. yeah. Going we took, the lead. We took the lead in that, didn't we? We did, yeah. I mean, lost 2-1, didn't we? I think it was. But it was really, you know, that was a, over a thousand crowd, if you remember. Yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, happy days. I think we're going to see those sort of uh, crowds at the Belmont again because uh, Steve Clayton, our chairman now, I think he's got the bit between his teeth a bit, you know. He's got some great ideas. But the nice thing about it with Steve is that he's got his feet on the ground. He's not going to go and uh, uh, promise what he can't deliver. He, if, he, if he says he's going to do something, 
he wants to be able to do it. So no silly money being thrown about, but we haven't got that to throw about anyway. But uh, he's a sensible sort of chap. I think I think in the long run, if you, if you work within within the checkbook, it, it will you know no point throwing money. We, we've seen loads of teams at this sort of level where they're throwing money in it. Someone gets bored of it, and then they end up back on the scrappy, don't they? You know, I think we, we are going the right way about it. And I think the way that Steve's introduced the youth teams and he's and the blend right the way through to the first team, I think ten years time, this is going to be a very good model down here. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the youth. Mm-hmm. 22 teams we've got at the Belmont now. It's quite amazing, isn't it? I mean, if you look at last year's average crowd, it was it was creeping up and creeping up. And, you know, you were disappointed if it's at stages you weren't getting 300, you know? Well, it did end up averaging over 300 because we had a couple of really big gates there. But you're quite right. You know, two or three years ago, we would have been happy to get a crowd of 200. But uh, yeah. if we can get an average crowd of 300, well, and then push on from there. Well, it's it's all the sell-on bits as well, and it's only like you know with your burger bars and your programs and the bar and things like this. It's all things that you know that that helps create more money for the club, sort of thing, you know. It certainly does, and I mean, that's an that's an important thing you've just hit on then the the, the structure of the club, the way that uh, the bar works, the tea bar, and everything else, and it's the social atmosphere as well. I think that's so important. A club like ours, absolutely. You know, it's in. I mean, you know, when you look at the crowd, you know, you get an average of three hundred. But the thing that sort of with, with me that I think we can do more. I mean, there's a, there's a population of say thirty thousand in Whitstable, so it's only like one percent of the of the population go down there. If only we could sort of tweak that for one and a half percent or two percent of the population, it would be really nice. It would be fantastic. It would be more than really nice. Yeah. It really would be good. But I, I think what we're doing slowly but surely is uh, keeping the profile of the club up, which is most, most important, because, uh, you know, you can't carry on in today's sort of society where it's so high tech with all social media going and sit in the background in an armchair smoking a pipe. It's never going to work. So you've no. got to be up there with uh, today's, uh, today's uh, systems, without a doubt. And Steve is, which is good. Well, you know, no disrespect to any anything that's happened in the past, but you, you think what's happened in the last couple of years, what what's come along, you know, what I mean, you know, in with the new the, the new uh, school, you know, classroom, the the all the stuff we now got to help help the ground. I mean, you know, the the vision we've got of getting plastic pitch. So it, it's all happening, isn't it, sort of thing. It certainly is, and and very uh, perceptive of you to mention the past because I think it would be a very very poor poor show if we. Uh, We've passed over the fact that Joe's held the ship steady all these years when there's been a few, well, chances come along, shall we say, tried to uh, usurp all the good work that he and others have done over the years. I mean, Joe's tenure at the football club, I've been involved with the club now over 30 years, and Joe was there a a good while before me. And then you've got, uh, you know, people that are no longer with us, Bruce Smith and others, um, that have given so much to the football club. And it's the, the foundations of what has been built on whatever Steve can do now. So, you know, it's all it's all good for the future. You know, I don't think if it weren't for people like Bruce, you know, Joe, Joe's been superb. Pete Blackmore, you know, really stalled off, 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 the, off the club, you know, lovely fellow. If it weren't for people like those in this club, wouldn't be where we is now. No, I agree with you. Let's uh, let's talk a bit about the football side of things, Rich. Yes, sir. Um, if if I was to throw at you just a name, one name, and we all probably have one, all our supporters will have one favourite, um, would there be a player that would suddenly spring to mind? Let me tell you the one that would spring to mind for me 
mainly because he was around the very first time I went to the club, or about the first sort of era. A bloke called Tony Darren, who was a, a winger. Now, we've got, I'm going back to the old days. A winger, eh? You don't, you know, don't hear that mentioned now, do you? The old W formation, Tony. Yeah? I know. And <laughs> the, the best of it was that when they played, they played a formation which was the old-fashioned way, playing football, down the wings, and he and his opposite number on the left, they used to switch over all the time. And it confused the hell out of the opposition. But that was the one time that uh, I really thought, well, blimey, I'm, I'm enjoying this. And I always make the, um, the comparison with local football, you can see it, feel it, touch it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's great being on, on, on the touchline there. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on my favourite player in a minute as such. But it's things like when you write on there, you can hear, all, hear what's going on. And, and, you, and others, some very choice words, you know, in, in the past on the line. Myself, I like to, we say, have a bit of banter with the linesman. I'll do my best to try and get the linesman on side, if you, if you know, if you pardon the pun, sort of talk to him. And if he makes a mistake, you know, everyone will be shouting and screaming at him. But I'll like to say, unlucky there, Lionel. I think you might have got that one wrong, but, you know, you've done well today. And then get him on side. And suddenly when they start talking to you, they sort of feel like they have a friend there. When, when really, in, what we're trying to do is get him to give us a good decision sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you do get that sort of bit of banter online. You can't, you can hear hear things that are going on. But going back to my player, the, the, the first one that stands out for me, I'm probably going to say a couple. The first one that stands out for me is Steve Marshall. When he, when my kids, they um, they were mascots for one particular game. He, uh, I think it was a game where my dad. It might be the one where we. I'm not sure if it's the one where we sponsored it for my dad when he when he passed away. We sponsored the game. They were they were mascots then. It might have been one before then. I can remember my kids going on the pitch, my two daughters, my son, and they were, you know, knee high, yeah. And I remember he came over to us, right, and he he, he spent the 10 minutes and kids on the pitch just kicking the ball with them, with them, with the three kids. Just sitting there kicking the ball with them. Didn't do anything else with it, you know, with the rest of the team. He's just come over to us. You know, I've never really met the man before then. And then, and just concentrated on us, on us Three, you know, three, my three kids and me kicking that ball around. And that always stuck in my mind what Steve Marshall did that day. Yeah, quality player. Quality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, he, in the goal he scored at, I think it was Seven Oaks when we got promoted, I think it was. He scored the goal down there, which helped yeah. us on the way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing about Steve is that once he joined the club, there was a sort of buzz around. Wow, which will assign Steve Marshall? Mm. And then we, we had, oh, we, we had so many good players, seeds brought in then Steve Pratt oh dear yeah. it was just I'm lost for words with it it was yeah, a great yeah. great era it was great it was of course when, when we got promoted that was the icing on the cake wasn't it yes yeah I can, I can remember that night we were uh, that you know that, that first time around it's because VCD were catching us fast weren't they and we, they we, we suddenly we like fell in a hole and then uh, I can remember VC we VCD had to play away at Tunbridge Wells and if they won, that meant we had to win the last game against Thamesmead away. And they had, a, I think, Tunbridge Wells had a fella in goal called, uh, 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 it might be Ron Green, I can't remember his name, but he was about 64 years old. <laughs> the guy in goal for Tunbridge was about 64 years old, and he had an absolute blinder, and they drew one all, and we got promoted that night. And if you remember, everyone standing outside, the two brewers, at uh, 10 o'clock at night, all... all Getting in there and having a few beers, yeah, you know. Oh, oh, I, missed out, I missed out on that one. I wish I'd been there then. That yeah. would have been great, great fun. But you know, the nice thing about that is the following, I think it was the following game or the last game of the season, we actually um, 
played at uh, no, you're right because we played at Thamesmead, didn't we? And yeah, they drew, put out a guard of honour. Yeah. They put out a guard of honour for us. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that was a really nice touch. Yeah, it was lovely. It was good fun. But yeah, it's a good. Uh, we've had some decent players down there, local boys as well. You know, all the all the. I mean, look look at Gary Sayer. How many times did Gary play for us? Now exactly. he plays for that lot down the road. But but the thing is with it though, Tony, you can still talk to these people in the street. You know what I mean? You know, you bump you bump into Gary Sayer, and you know Gary Sayer's dad, I'll see you know Scott Hurd, I see quite still yeah. see quite a bit of. You can bump into these people in the street and. Even though they pay for different things, you still have a good sort of chat with them. It's, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? You know? It is, yeah. Yeah. I think when somebody joins the football club, it's not like a marriage. They're not with you for, they don't have to sign a bit of paper and they're, they're with us for, well, as long as they're with us, which is yeah. great. I mean, look at, um, look at Dan Eason. Dan's been with us now five years. All of the clubs that he's played for, he's only played for three major clubs or three clubs each time, it's five years. So he's a guy that once he gets... Well, there goes to be, Dan, I think Dan actually loves it down the club. And again, you know, I'll speak to his dad quite a lot down, when he's down there. And, uh, and it's great that their parents, their parents come down and watch him as well. And it, it's, it's fantastic. I, yeah. I, do like, I, mean, like, I remember when Stephen Lloyd used to play down there. Now, he was a no-nonsense centre-half, Stephen Lloyd, wasn't he? Yeah? He was our Steve, yeah. And do you know what? You know, I always remember saying, you know, at least you know with Steve, like, you know, if he's going to clear it, you okay. know, no worries about it. Sort of no, thing. But again, such a lovely fellow, you know, and, he, and some of the crowd used to give him a lot of stick, but he was a really nice man, you know? Yeah, I know. Did he, he join the police force tone afterwards? I can't remember. Yes, he did. Yeah, he's still in the police force as well. Yeah. yeah. His dad's a civilian driver for the police force. And okay. Steve, yeah, he joined the Met, Stephen did. Yeah, oh, he, good. Yeah, he's a good lad. And whenever I uh, whenever I see him down the town, I have to avoid him with a smile because he always he always comes over and wants to have a rough and tumble with me. <laughs> he's a good no, lad. He, I like him a lot. Very 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 nice very nice fellow. I mean, the me, me other player I do like um, basically. I know, and, and he must have played. He must have had more clubs than Jack Nicholas, if you can say the old saying, was a uh, pulley. Mm-hmm. I used to love pulley. I tell you, really, yeah, me really. Too. Quality player. The way he used to fall over in a penalty box was uh, was only he could do that. <laughs> almost, I can remember it. It's almost like in slow motion, wasn't it? Yeah. He always went down with his arms sort of splayed out yeah. and fell down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, memories, eh? God, God. No, it's good. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, of a lot of these people I'm still sort of friends with on Facebook and we still keep in touch through ways, you know, that and Twitter and all that. And it, it's great, you know. Can't imagine that at a professional club, can you? But, you know, here... Dave Corey's one I keep in touch with on there. So there's all, lots of players there who, who, who do keep in touch with, you know. Talking about us as a local club, just as an aside, have you ever been to, um, you know, one of these big grounds? Have you ever been to the Emirates or anywhere? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, say back in, back in the, you know, back in, I started following Wimbledon back in 1977. I mean, my family... Hang on, really Rich. Hang on, Rich. Rich, I said big clubs. <laughs> steady, steady. <laughs> now, I mean, I did used to travel home and away with them, Tone, quite a bit, yeah, with, with Wimbledon. But, I mean, of course, me, me boy's an Arsenal fan, so we, we've been to Arsenal a few times. You know, it's, the facility's fantastic there, but everything else. But you think, you know, Wimbledon, uh, at Wimbledon, sorry, Whitstable, you could come down with a, with, you could come down with a £20 note, you can, if you didn't run the season ticket holder, pay to get in, buy a programme, have a burger, have a couple of pints, and you still might have change. Yeah. You, Go, go to Arsenal, you, you'd be lucky to, lucky to buy a programme. Like, you know, so. Well, you can't, no. I, I yeah. think 
my I went with my I've been a couple of times there with my son-in-law and I've been to Tottenham with my boy um because that's that's war in opposition so I got yeah. son-in-law Arsenal son Tottenham so it's always a difficult one but when I went to particularly when I went to Arsenal I think we ended up we ended up paying about 50 quid for the seat it was right up in the gods they looked like ants running around on the pitch and I had to keep asking him who's the player with the ball who's the player with the because you, you you know you're so far away you can't see. I mean, I mean it, com- it, it comes to something, Tony. If you start got to take start taking binoculars to the game of football, you know that you're a lot, you're sitting a long way away, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and when when you stand up in those seats, it's almost like ill crikey, you take a step forward and you're going to fall. All- They're the angle of them. It's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, they are, aren't they? They are sort yeah. of like that, aren't they? Absolutely. You know, talking about the past, we've you know we've had some good players in it, and we have got some good players in there now. You know, Lloyd. Yeah. I mean, I can remember. I love Lloyd to bits, and I remember when he played, he had he had that fire in his belly when he played. Yeah, he certainly did. I can always remember the sending off at Eastbourne when he got sent off, and yeah. uh, I think I think he, he um I think he disagreed with a linesman's decision, shall we say? <laughs> oh, you... Luckily, he was at the end of the ground where the um where the uh, dressing rooms was, so he didn't have too far to walk. <laughs> were you at the away game recently where he got sent off and he was yes. on crutches? Yeah. That was that was hilarious, wasn't it? That was uh, that was Cray Valley, wasn't it? Cray Valley, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was quite funny. That you know what I mean? when, he, when he got sent off for that, but you know, you know, and there was a one at wear this year where Lloyd would tell you that he ha- he couldn't wear a certain trainer because it it, it would ruin the ground. So he, oh yeah, he, yeah. So he had a I think he had a pair of trainers on which were the wrong colour or something with with the pitch the wear pitch. So he had to borrow some. Now, I don't know if there was a size too small or something, but he, he had to sort of hobble around on these different trainers. Wow. Well, the thing about that wear pitch, you know, it's um, it's one of the new breed of um, all-weather pitches. And uh, the, the secret to that is, the boys were telling me afterwards it was the best surface they'd ever played on. <laughs> the reason I bring that up is because the, the pitch there at wear was, uh, it's got this uh, subsurface, which is exactly the same as that you see on kiddies' pro playgrounds. Okay, you know, yeah. You know, so if they fall off a swing, they're not going to hurt themselves. Mm. Well, they've got that underneath the artificial surface, so it, it's it's not soft, as in soft soft, but it's certainly not hard like the old uh, plastic pitches used to be. And that's the way forward now with pitches. And Steve tells me now there's a new one out, and it's called Crumb Sand. So they've got a mixture of, I don't know if it's the the, the crumb is as fine as sand or whether they've actually got sand in it as well but uh, yeah it's all moving on it's all development isn't it well i must admit i mean i, I gave up playing football when i was about 25 because i've done any cruciate ligament yeah but it was around about that time where they were just bringing in the, the plastic pitches now you know what they like when the ball bounced it went about 30 foot in the air didn't it absolutely yeah, yeah. and that was smothered in sand because i remember I was doing a slide tackle <laughs> and completely grazed on my leg up, and it all got sand in it as well. So I had to actually come off the pitch, get a hose onto my leg to get the sand off, oh, the graze out of the cuts, and then get back on again, yeah. Well, you were a lucky boy playing until you were 25. My career finished when I was about 17 or 18, because uh, I used to play for Whitstable Old Boys, and we played on the wreck at Whitstable, just off Cromwell Road, when they had a half-decent pitch there. And um, I did my knee in, and every single time I played after that, my knee came out like a balloon, and I just couldn't walk. I mean, these days, they'd give you a cortisone injection, or they'd have some sort of wonder drug that would 
sort it all out. But it turned out it was like water on the knee. And my my missus always says to me, it's like water on the brain, Tony. That's what you've got. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Carol. No, I must admit, I mean, I, I had a knee operation last year. I had a replacement knee, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, Tony. Yeah. I mean, during lockdown, obviously, you, you know, you, you know, I went on this crusade to find post boxes in Whitstable, and done so much walking. It was it was unbelievable, and no pain whatsoever. You know. And did you find all the post boxes? I think there's about forty eight in Whitstable. Is there really? Yeah. <laughs> so how far did your how far did your area cover? Uh, it went from as far as Chessfield down to uh, Seasalter, then right near. Wow, oh, that kept you pretty fit then. Kept me kept me occupied for for a couple of months. And where was the most obscure one you found? My well, I would say my favourite one. You might have to edit this time. We don't care if I say this. It was one uh, past Walden's down Seasalter, as you go right the way down there. So we're the furthest one I, I put on my list, and it's a wall box, and it had a little flap on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought the flap was there to keep the rain out, but I was actually actually found out the flap was there to keep the birds from nesting in it. Oh, wow! Wow! So who told you that, Posty? Uh, no, it was uh, one, one of the uh, one of the old fellas down the cricket club told me that's what it was. You know. Oh. So really, really interesting fact. But there was, you know, they they are interesting to a fact that there's nearly 120,000 post boxes in the country, and there's only 70 King Edward the Apes. There we go. Useless information. <laughs> It's two, it's one in Ramsgate and one in Broadstairs. So there we are. Oh, there's close one. So if I really want to be a bit of a geek, I could go down to Ramsgate or Broadstairs. Yeah, it's, and I'll tell you where it is. If you go where the old casino used to be, you know, as you in Ramsgate by the harbour. Yeah. Yes. It's the, that's where it is there. There you so go. So how old, how old would that one be there? Oh, that's Ed, Edward the Eighth. So that would have been around, what, 1936, something like that. Oh, that would have been right. But it was a fellow, a bloke called Harry Wallop, who writes for The Guardian. And you know, like if people go around 92 league grounds of, of, of whatever, yeah, yeah? yeah, this guy did the 70 King Edward the Eighth post boxes, which sketched from the north of Scotland right the way down. So he, he did those, yeah. And yeah. how much how much weight did you lose doing your uh, your post? Well, I mean, I, I did I did balance it up by eating lots of chocolate and drinking a quite a bit of beer. So it was sort of like, uh, you know, and now I'm back at work. That's creeping up again. So I've got to cut out the chocolate now. Not the beer, just the chocolate. Nice one, nice one. But, you know, but the one thing about the, the lockdown as well, as, as you know, is um, obviously I've got with me, you doing the, uh, the quarantine chats, got a bit more involved with Lloyd, yeah? So I wanted to find some information out about Lloyd. And we found, uh, I found a couple of programmes which with his name in. Yeah? Oh, he, really? he played a few. He only played a few games. So I've got indoors a couple of programmes, which he said he'd buy me a pint, but... We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Because <laughs> he said that his dad keeps a lot of memorabilia, but oh. he never had he never had the programs. So what what teams were did he play for then? The ones he played for Brent, he played for Brentford. Yeah, you know, for, in, full 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 team. He only played for Brentford. I think he played six games for Brentford, and he played once for. It's get me Welsh right here. Chronefly. Yes, he did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the program for Chronefly. I can't say that like that. Was about twenty pounds, so I'm not I'm not spending twenty pounds on him. So I spent two pound ninety nine on him. So yeah. <laughs> so oh, because that program was the Intertoto Cup one. That's wasn't it? it. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And the one I was trying to get, I, I couldn't have got the one the, the away fixture, but it was a home fixture that he played in. But I, 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 it was like twenty pound, which was a bit too bit, bit out of my budget tone. You know. That's funny. Yeah, that's a bit. Uh, I didn't realise they fetched that sort of money. 
Yeah, they do. Yeah, rare ones. Yeah, they can do. Yeah. So with 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 the lockdown thing, sort of moving on to on, on the money sort of thing, I saw that uh, the uh, the mob down the road were doing his GoFund thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got in touch with Steve and I said to him, well, what do you think if we do it sort of thing, just to see if we can raise a, a few quid, yeah? I said, I think about a thousand pounds, not a lot, just to see what you do. And he said, well, set a target of 5,000 pounds. So I went, all right, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> we will be on what I'm thinking. I said, yeah, we go for that. But, um, and we sat down, and I sat down with a fella called Ian Page and um, we wanted to word it to such a way that we can aim at the, the, the more the community as well as the football club. Yes, good idea. But as you know, we called it, you know, it was the Witswold Town Fund plus, the, plus community, wasn't it? Yeah? Yes, it was, yeah. And we sat down, come up to what we're going to write. I'll put it back to Steve. I said, what do you think of that, Steve? He went, yeah, that, that's fantastic, yeah. Mm. And uh, and we obviously, we, we set it out. I've, I've sent God knows how many WhatsApp messages to people to get it out and running, right? I mean, yeah, it's like well. uh, my phone was ding, 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 that night. And as you know, the result last week was that we, we actually hit our target of £5,000. Yes, brilliant. You know, so congratulations, so, Richard. You think that youth team that got involved in that, but it's not only that. It was lots of con- lots of names that I see on that list who I've never even recognised, Tony, which is good. So it did actually go out to the, the community. I agree. If we get some of those just to walk through the gate. Yeah. Who knows, mate? You I know? agree. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's the sort of thing that Steve's trying to do. Is I think the thing we tried with the schools a few years ago was to try and do a. I don't know. Do do a special thing where they can come down with it with their with a parent or something, and the the parent paid half price or, yes. or something like that. Where just yeah. just to get I mean on, on a one off and and see how it went. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think do you, you think going back to what what we did in the past here, we had the uh, what the battle of the bands we had, didn't we, a few yep. years ago? Yes. And the firework displays we had and all that, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they were good fun, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you think with, with with the firework display, I think we put forward, and I think Joe took it up as well. Where we, I think we did a thing where if you bought a bought a ticket for the firework display, then if you come along to the next home match, you got in for half price or something. Yeah, you, kept... you did. Yeah, good, good, and good. Stuff. You know, and it was something. I think we were playing like Walton Casuals at home. Someone who you know yeah. you, you wouldn't get a crowd to. So it, it, it was little, little ideas like that which. Could... Well, the thing thing is as well, and there's a little bit bit background to this. Um, Steve was interested in all this sort of stuff. They were talking about resurrecting the bands at the Belmont, which have been would have been great. But of course, very mindful of the damage it does to the pitch, and yeah. that was that is why at the moment that's in abeyance. Now, if we get our way and we end up getting a, yeah, and that might all well change. But that's partly the reason why it was put on hold because it did do quite a bit of damage to the pitch. No, not you know, not not on purpose. But all that sort of stuff, it's quite amazing the difference it makes. I mean, you could put feeders out, people like, you know, we know like people like Suggs live in town. It'd be great to get a name like him down there, you know. Oh, to, yeah. to, I mean, what, what I'm doing at the moment, we've um, obviously, I know that we, we need sort of a bit, bit of sort of political clout as well. Now, I mean, um, but, but say on, on the money thing as well, as you as you well know, Tony, because you've won it on several occasions. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's the trust fund, yeah. Yes, I know. Let's just let's just talk about the trust fund, shall we? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You've yeah. Uh, you've had this going now for quite a while, haven't you? And it was a yeah, bit so of a slow starter, but it's yeah. it's going, it's gathering steam, isn't it? 
Yeah, we called it a bit of a slow burner. So Scott Porter came to me. He said they were doing a similar thing at another club. And he said, could could I sort of come up with, with an idea sort of thing, what, what we could do? And we, we had an agreement, basically, where the money, we raise money and it purely goes towards the player's budget. Nothing else. No one else can touch it, you know. And, of course, I've set it up with Ron, Ron Martin. And because uh, anything when it comes to like that, Tony, it's always best to have another person on board, you know. Absolutely. And we set it up. It started off well. It's, it, it tailed off a bit, but it is slowly creeping up again now. I mean, as it stands at the moment, you know, there there is like fifteen hundred pounds in the account. Yeah. Brilliant. Which is amazing. Now it's incredible. Lloyd, Lloyd tapped a bit of that near the end of the season, but that that money's there. And the difference with our with with the trust fund with Whitstable Town compared with any other club. What I, what I do, I think one of one or the odd club might do it, is that we actually give back a prize. Makes a difference. So, yeah. So the, the key thing what we want to do is that we would love to give back sort of on a monthly basis 20% of what money we get in. Because we didn't get enough in to start off, it, it wasn't really worth it. So we were doing like a £50 draw for every two months. What what the intentions are, obviously with lockdown and this, there's money still building up in it and we've not had any draws, Yeah. So I spoke, I spoke to Ron and Steve, and what we'd like to do is that at the start, when the season kicks off, whenever it does, is to maybe do a super draw. Yeah. And maybe that, you know, we can put all the names in the hat and then maybe do a £200 draw for the winner, you know, at the start of the season. You know? Great idea. So um, hopefully... It's a, case of, it's a case of you've got to be in it to win it, though, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. And... and you know, we can't really sell it at the moment because there isn't there isn't nowhere to sell it as such. You know, we no. might be put. You know, I might have a chat with Ron if he can put a, a, a just put a reminder online. You know what I mean on on, on the website. It's moving along sort of quite nicely. You know, and that That's money. Good. You know, it's about at the stands at the moment is about one hundred and fifty pound a month that goes into it. Yeah. Good. So um, can I make a little suggestion that once once we uh, start playing football again down there. You print off some little tiny flyers. They don't have to be big things with a lot of writing on them, but just a sort of brief synopsis of what you're doing and how it all works. And you, they can give them out on the gates to everyone that comes in. So that, you know, if they look at it, at least it gives them a better idea. And then it can be shouted out over the tannoy and everything as well. No, that would be a great idea. So if we, what we should do with that is you can hand the flyers out, have the the big draw. I mean, I could, I could go on the pitch and do the draw, you know what I mean, or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And people people then we hopefully asking questions, what's, what's this about sort of thing, you know? Yes, yes. And, and well, the, the beauty is, you know, minimum £5 a month. It's not, you know, it's we, we're not asking, we're not asking no, for people. Asking to for small amount you know and that's all that's it is you know? that's good. but, but that, that, that's moving that's you know it's ticking along nicely sort of thing shall we say Tom? you know ticking along nicely well like this little chat today has been richard it's ticked along nicely and i'm very pleased that you uh, joined me today i think it's about time we wrapped it up and uh, what have you got yeah. on this afternoon now then well i'm um in about 20 minutes i'm meeting some i meet me a, a social distance drink down the um down the beach well for, first of all i better mention the lovely wife and i lucy yeah of course you had the three wonderful kids georgia hannah and archie right and i mentioned ben right and the dog ozzy and then i mentioned i mentioned the older older gits which is yeah. sticky wally yeah spud wes yeah. steven steven bristol or where he is burgess hill and the newer older gits which is lee 
Ian, Colin, and Rob. Okay. Yeah. And I should mention the old scouser, Neil. Now that, now that Liverpool won the league, I better mention him as well. Like, yeah. You've done, you've done the full set now. Yeah. I, I thank you very much, Richard, today for the chat. It's been enjoyable. I've enjoyed it. It's been yeah, a it's fun, been a, isn't it? Just a bit. Been a pleasure, time. Been a pleasure. When that gets edited, mate, we'll have about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll call it a day there, Rich. Thanks very much, mate. Okay, Tony, you take care, mate. Cheers, Rich. The news about local football in Kent and beyond. Join your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter.